1: You all have asked me to come on as a trader and talk about uh, the cannabis market, cannabis stocks. I am a trader. I've been doing this for 21 years, and I'm going to be talking specifically from the perspective of a trader. So this is kind of a disclaimer in the sense of, hey, I'm going to be looking at the tools and skills that I have as a trader to these cannabis stocks and talk about potential locations that I may want to buy these stocks, what I see happening in the charts, in the order flows. And I'm going to be talking specifically just from the perspective of a trader. I'm not talking as a long term investor. I am not talking as someone who is evaluating these companies in terms of their technologies. I'm simply talking as a trader. So I've been trading 21 years professionally. I was a broker on Wall Street, FXCM. I've also traded for a hedge fund, JNF Hedge Fund. And I've been trading privately for the last 21 years. So I'm a verified profitable trader. We post our track record for last year, the entire year. You can see all our stats and performance. And we now update that quarterly. So you can see, Hey, we're not just someone who gives advice and talks a really good game. We actually show that we make money trading and we do a good job controlling risk. So with that being said flows in my, as a trader, I look at what is the most proximate driver of a stock's price and The bottom line is is that flows are king, order flows king. It doesn't matter whether you are a fundamental trader or a long-term investor and making your decisions based on potential growth aspects of a company. It doesn't matter whether you're a technical trader or a sentiment or flow trader. Every one of us, if we want to buy or sell a stock, we have to push a button and that trade becomes actualized. And when it does, it becomes actualized order flow. And that collection, that kind of congregation of all these orders coming in from various sources of information and decisions and reasons why to buy or sell a particular stock that collection of orders becomes order flow and order flow is the most proximate driver of price action it doesn't matter whether a company has invented some groundbreaking technology if nobody's buying that stock the stock's not going to move if nobody if no institutions are getting involved in that if we don't see dark pool volume if we don't see options flows on that that stock is not going to move. What moves a stock's price is order flow. And as a trader, that's what I'm most concerned with. And so when I'm speaking about, you know, some of the data and some of the information, the flows that I'm seeing in these stocks, then that is what is informing my decisions and how I'm making these decisions. So you understand. So we're going to be talking about, you know, uh, option flows, which is key. For me, option flows is super important. Option dealers and market makers, some of the most active players in the markets. Some of the things that happen with the crazy squeezes and AMC and all these other stocks, a lot of that has to do with options activity. And so options activity has exploded. That's a very strong flow in the market from the trader side. But then on top of it, the dealers and market makers, they are constantly hedging and adjusting positions based upon how we trade that. If I buy 1,000 calls on Tilray stock, that dealer or market maker is now short 1,000 calls. They don't want to have directional exposure. That's not their business. Their business is to make markets. So what do they have to do the moment I buy 1,000 calls and they are now short a 1,000 calls? They have to hedge that exposure. And they can do that by getting long the stock or getting long futures if it's an index, but they will have to hedge that exposure. And that's all done mechanically, automatically for each and every option kind of flows that are going through. If it's a small flow, one option contract, probably just going to be absorbed by the pool. But if somebody comes in with a serious amount of flows, or they see 20 or 50 or 100,000 calls on a particular price, they have to hedge that. And that's going to influence the flows of the stock for that day, for that week, for that month, for that year. So it's super important that when we analyze potential trade ideas on these cannabis stocks in plays that we're looking at the option flows in the market where they are available. Another thing that's important to understand is dark pool activity. So about 40% of all those flows going into the market in the US are done via dark pools. These are hedge funds that can purchase shares of a stock or make trades on a stock without those numbers going through exchanges, without those flows and volumes going through so they can be anonymous, they don't alert people to their positions. There are ways to track dark pool activity, and we're going to be sharing what we're seeing in the dark pool flows for these particular stocks. The last thing I want to talk about is just structure recovery. <clears throat> if you have been following the cannabis space since 2020 and 2021, you'll all be very aware that a lot of them had you know, massive rips higher in the first two months of 2021, but then they just fell off a cliff and they all got sold into oblivion what we're now seeing in the charts and a lot of these is they are starting to recover. So this is really my last slide. After this, I'm just going to go straight to charts. So let's get into charts and kind of show you what I'm seeing in those charts. So this is one of the ETFs in the cannabis space. You can see this is that rip that we're talking about, end of last year and then beginning of this year, and then just got sold into oblivion, you know, from 31 down to 18. It's a massive drop. That is a massive drop. And it's selling off two out of every three weeks. So what are we starting to see? We're starting to see at these stocks, the cannabis space is starting to recover a little bit. And it's not just across you know, a couple of the main ETFs, which you can see here as well. Same thing, rip, sell off, and now starting to base. You look at ACB. ACB is one of the few that's not quite basing as well. But a lot of the others, CGC, you can see it again. You see this Massive sell-off and then starting to base and recover. And what I suspect when I look at that from a flow-based perspective is that I'm seeing that the cannabis space sold off massively. A lot of the flows had unwound on these positions here. But now people are starting to feel like, hey, the cannabis space, those values are starting to get to places where we feel like, hey, we want to start absorbing this selling flow and we're going to start pushing the prices higher. It's not just one stock, I'm seeing it across multiple players in the cannabis space. And that tells me that from a value perspective that a lot of people are feeling like this is a good time or this is a decent location to be buying. And that to me is an exciting time. You know, during this, not an exciting time to buy. Now we're getting to those price levels. And so as a trader, what kind of flows am I seeing that are changing? if we think about it from a flow perspective, if you sell off from 32, down to 18 sellers are in control during that time period we haven't had a two-week bullish close since this sell-off in february 8th we have not had back-to-back bullish closes on a weekly basis if we start to see that across multiple cannabis stocks across the sector then that tells me that there's broad-based buying and so we are going to talk about that so with that being said um, let's go off a list here of stocks that I have. We're going to go through this list of seven or eight or nine stocks. I'm going to talk about the dark pool volume that I'm seeing in these particular stocks. I'm going to talk about some of the potential options activity that may or may not have an impact upon that. And then I'm going to talk about potential locations that I would want to buy or sell this. Just to let you know, I am watching the live stream on this right now. So if you have questions about some of these trades or stocks that we're looking in, feel free to ask in the chat in real time. I'm happy to answer them in real time. So the first one we're going to talk about is the Advisor Shares Pure Cannabis ETF, YOLO. We are seeing this a little bit of a base, potential two-week base on this. So <clears throat> as an ETF, it has low volume, as you can see. Its average volume for the 10-day average is 184,000 shares. That means for us as day traders, this is not really a day trading type stock. It's not the stock that's going to have enough volume or liquidity for us to have massive rippers on the day. But as a potential medium long-term play, we do have some potentiality in this. When I look at the dark pool volume, I'm seeing that there's about 223,000 shares of dark pool volume going on this. And this is only averaging 180,000, 184,000 shares over an average 10-day period per day. So there's a decent amount of dark pool volume in this that's starting to build and it's been building over the last several days. When I look at this and I look at some of the options activity on Yolo, there's not a whole lot of options activity, but what we do know is that there's about 13,000 calls in the market and there's only 887 puts. That's massive call heavy, you know, nist in the options side there. I don't see a lot of options expiring in June or July. So if the market is long calls and none of those options are expiring short term, there's not a lot of short term plays on this. People are playing for the medium and long term. That means that those long calls, that massive amount of calls in the markets, that fuel isn't coming out anytime soon because most of the expiry is not till August. So I think on a short and medium term basis through August, this could have some bullish tailwinds to it. Where would I like to buy on this? I like 20 strike. I like the 20 strike as a nice strike there. So if we can get a pullback to 20 or maybe high 19s, that to me becomes a decent play to get long for June, July, and August, and then potentially pull out of the market as we start getting towards that August expiry. So a couple ways you could play this, potentially long underlying, or you can look for uh, options on this. You can do long calls, maybe cheap at that point. If they're a little bit more expensive, then you can look at potentially a bull call spread that's where you would buy the 20 calls and then you would sell further up you know, maybe 23, 24, 25. I think there's definitely scope for this to make its way back up towards, I think, 25, maybe even 30. When I look at options flows, I feel like dealers aren't going to have to do a whole lot of hedging until we start to get to around 23, and then as we start getting you know, around 28, 29, I think they'll have to do a lot more hedging at that point and that could kind of cap the upside on this. But I feel like it's not quite shown me enough that it's fully based yet. And so what I'd like to see on this is a pullback or a push up to here and then a pullback. So move up, then a pullback, find a higher base around 20 and then push higher. So that's what I'd like to see in YOLO. MSOS, another cannabis ETF, very similar, low volume, not gangster volume, a little bit more. average. Or the volume today is 81,000. It's average 10 day is 331,000. That's about double the volume that you get in the YOLO one there. When I look at the dark pool volume, I'm seeing about 202,000 shares on this right now. And I'm seeing a lot of options that are rolling off this June OPEX, June 18th about 55% of the options are rolling off June 18th. So as we get closer to June 18th, the market right now has about 116,000 calls and only 37,000 puts, call heavy. So as we get towards June 18th, anybody who's in profit in those calls is gonna monetize them. That means that there's gonna be a little bit of a pullback in this. But when I look at where the flows are and the strikes are, I'm thinking we're gonna get a pullback maybe to 40, 40 looks like a great price. If we happen to get 38, 39, to me that seems like a pretty good value play on this. The chart also looks a little bit similar to YOLO. It's trying to build a higher base. You have lower low, lower low, higher low, or and higher low here, but you kind of have this cap right here, and this push needs to kind of make it up there to 44. So if we get a weak pullback to 40, I'm interested in getting long for a potential push to 43, 44. And then if we can break that, then that opens up a lot more upside, potentially mid-48s on this one here. So that's kind of why I'm thinking on MSOS. Okay, we'll get into your comments soon, Jorge. It's not quite specific. Uh, Jorge Garcia says, would you please review XXI and let us know your thoughts? Yes, it's on the list. Um, we will definitely look at that one. So the last one we're going to look at, we're doing them uh, after the ETFs, we're doing them in alphabetical order. Okay, ACB. ACB, dark pool volume is 2.9 million. Its average volume, to, or its volume today is 7.5 million, and its average 10 day volume is 7.8 million. So today's volume is right in line with its average 10 day. Nothing huge and nothing, you know, uh, kind of underperforming, so to say. We're seeing again a very similar structure lower low, lower low, low, low higher low with a consistent resistance right around 18. So when I look at ACB and I look at the options flows, about 25% of the options are rolling off on June 18th. And there's about 470,000 calls and there's about 170,000 puts, again, call heavy. So there's a quarter of the options rolling off. There are going to be more calls than puts that are rolling off come June 18th. But when I look at, you know, what's kind of going on in the flows, I feel like ACB has got some support on it. So when I look at where I'd like to potentially get long on ACB, I like this location right around here, which is just under 950. It was the base of this breakout pullback push higher. And it's also this kind of base right here. So I kind of like around sub 950. And if we happen to get down to eight, I think that's a really good value buy on ACB for potential medium long-term play. When I look at option flows, I really don't see a whole lot of resistance until we start getting to around 15. And then I think around 20 will cap any sort of you know massive upside move. Short term though, this has rallied pretty strong the last few days. This is the strongest rally of the three that we've looked so far. So I feel like with the dark pool volume being strong, about one third of a day's volume. And then I look at you know the call heaviness on this and a fair amount of options activity, I feel like we'll probably hit a little bit of a resistance, get a pullback and then an opportunity to get long. And when I look at potential upside targets, I feel like you're going to have to respect 12, but then after that, you can start looking at more like a 15. And then after that, it starts to get a little thin. We'll have to build a little bit more flows and price action to get up there. So medium-term targets around 12 and 15, and then eventually a potential move back up to 20. After that, things will start getting a little thin in terms of volume and liquidity. Okay, next on the list, um, CGC. The dark pool volume is around 1.1 million. The interesting thing about CGC canopy growth is the option activity. 55% of the options are rolling off this Friday. And the market is about two to one calls to puts, about 200,000 calls, about 110,000 puts. So you're talking half of all those options are going to roll off this Friday. That's a lot of short-term weekly options on this. I think that's going to cap some of the upside. Anybody who's long puts This week, if they're in the money, they're going to start monetizing them either end of day today or tomorrow because theta decay is going to start to eat into those profits massively. So I think short term, we get maybe a little bit more lift going into Friday. I think after Friday and Monday, we get a little bit of a pullback. When we start to get that pullback, where would I like to get long? Let's Take a look at our four hour. I feel like this base right around here, which is where this most recent push up was, which is just above 24. I think that's a really good location. I think if we happen to get into the 23s, that's a super good value buy on CGC. Um, After that, I think we'll probably run into this resistance 27, 28, but I think it's going to continue to build a higher base. I'm really encouraged by this kind of aggressive takeover of this selling pressure. If you look at this selling pressure, transition sideways. That's a transition in order flow. Sellers are in control during this entire time period. The, what do they do? They run into a wall around 22 and a half. It starts going sideways. That's a transition in the order flow. The sellers can no longer push lower prices. That means bulls are absorbing it there. And then what do we get? An impulsive liftoff off that. That tells me that there's a strong amount of buying interest here. Bulls absorbing the offers and then making higher prices on that. And they're doing so fast. The rise up is faster than the sell off. So that means bulls are taking over slip more and more of the order flow. So that those are my two price locations around this base here, just above 24 and then 23 flat. Okay. We'll take a look at a few more here. So the next one is Floral growth, the prior presenter. I really liked this presentation. Um, Recent IBO listing on the NASDAQ, because of that, no options activity. Options will probably start to come maybe in the next few weeks, depending on how much volume goes through. You know, like Coinbase, the options were available like within a week, but because this isn't quite the same volume and institutional interest, it's gonna take a little bit more for that. So I have no options data on this as we speak. In terms of dark pool activity, What was really interesting is that there is this fair amount of dark pool activity, not just today, but also over the last several days on floor growth. So right now, there's about 675,000 shares on floor growth. Why is that interesting? The volume today is 117K and its average 10-day volume is 400K. So we're talking about six days, roughly six days worth of an average daily volume has been bought up by institutional insiders that tells me that there is some medium and long-term interest in this and that may be why after two weeks of ipo selling it bottom and is finding a little bit of a bounce so i have no flow activity on this in terms of options but the dark pool activity suggests there are people slowly accumulating shares on this one here and so that means if you're looking for a cheap stock and you like the long-term prospects of this, there's some pretty good prices on floor growth. And so for me, in terms of buying locations, we look at the four hour, you know, we have selling right here. Sellers are in control from the IPO as a short little bounce, but then buyers start to take control of this. And they formed a little bit of a base around here, which is 375. So I think anywhere between 375 and $3 becomes a pretty good value location on this one here. Um again, there's not enough history or there's not enough flows for me to say, hey, long term where I think this can go. but its first target would naturally be you know your IPO highs between five and five fifty. Okay, um, we got a few more and then we can go to open q and a on this one here g r w g. Dark pool volumes coming in at four hundred and fifty seven thousand. This one is a little interesting because very much like CGc, It has a lot of options rolling off this Friday, around 40% of the options. It's not a heavy options stock. You have about 68,000 calls and 38,000 puts. And so with that being said, um, it's not huge amounts of options that are rolling off, but it is call heavy. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a pullback. But again, this has found kind of a decent base around 36. So when I look at this, I look at potential buying locations, and I look at lower low, higher low, and now another base. False break here. I think we're going to get a little bit of a pullback once these options roll off. Natural strike would be 40. That's potential support. I like a little bit lower than that if I want to be value hunting. Just sub 38 is a decent price for me. So that is where I'm kind of seeing on that. When I look at flows and activity, I don't see a whole lot of hedging needing to be done until we get to about 50. So a lot more upside on this. Obviously, any bounces, you're going to have to deal with these peaks over here and that peak over here. But if you clear that, then I think it's got smooth sailing up to 50. So that's kind of what I'm seeing on GRWG. But I'm constructive on this one. Okay, three more IPR. And then we're going to go to, I got 15 minutes. Thanks for the warning. I appreciate that. Actually, I got less than that. So let me kind of more shoot through this rapid fire. RPR, load uh, dark pool volume, and I got no options flow on this one here. Um, dark pool volume is about 115K, which is decent compared to today's. Um, but this one, I think you need to value hunt a little bit. I think we need to look for a deeper pullback on this one here. I wouldn't personally touch this. until about 172. I think that's where you start to see some buyers start to step in. And then these little spike lows here, 165, 166, I think becomes a good value play on this one here. Options on this one, not a whole lot. Um, Very few options on this one, so very little data on this one here to really roll with. But I think this is going to pull back a little bit, and then I think it offers some potential long-term plays. Tilray, one of my more profitable stocks this year and last year. Um, Tilray has about 12.3 million dark pool volume. Strong, very strong. Its average 10 day is 28 million. So you're talking about half to a third of its average 10 day volume. When I look at Tilray, I see that not a whole lot of, about 35% of the options rolling off. Very call heavy, 800,000 calls, 340,000 puts. So I think we're going to see, and it's not rolling off till January or till June 18th. Short term, I think we're going to get a pullback in Tilray. Where do I want to get long in Tilray? I'd like 17. This is, you know, the base, you had a breakout and then it formed a base here and then ripped higher. I think it overshot. I think this base is going to find buyers again. So just above 17 becomes a pretty good buy location. If it happens to get 15, I'm a long-term buyer on that one there. I will buy that and hold that probably for the rest of the year. If we happen to get 15, I think the chances of Tilray closing above 17, $20 by the end of this year, very, very strong. So that's what I'm looking at on Tilray. And then the last XXI 22nd century group. Okay. I did not have any options data on this, um, but dark pool volume is solid at 1.7 million. That's a little over today's volume right now as we speak. With that being said, when I look at potential locations on this one here, And when I look at volume, what I see is that we see a big pickup in the volume profile. You see how this volume is really picking up? These volume levels are way above this kind of no volume environment for all of 2020 and 2019. So this stock has generated more institutional interest, more retail interest as a whole. That generally is favorable when you see that that generally is favorable for a stock to continue to increase in price. So, I look for a pullback on this one here. I think around $3 becomes an interesting location. This becomes a little bit more clear when I look at it on the 4 hour. You can see kind of this this is my first location right around here. So, I think somewhere between 280 and 320, maybe 375 on this one here. But I would probably wait for a little bit lower dip more towards $320, dollars $3, $3 to potentially get long in this one here. But this is generating more and more interest as the months and months go on. And as long as that volume profile continues to pick up, that means there's more people looking at the stock. So those are my stock plays on the cannabis stocks this year. Again, this is just from the perspective of a trader who looks at flows, who looks at options, who looks at dark pool volume as all being key. And so that's how I base my training decisions. And that's how I'm basing these recommendations. With that being said, let's look at um, some of the questions here. Diamond hands, I appreciate Stanley. Um, where do you get dark pool volume? You can get that from FINRA, but they don't really give you a way to analyze it. So you have to build your own algorithms and statistical things to kind of analyze that in a little bit more in depth. Um, okay, Jorge, I answer your question about XXIA. Born to be free. Good name. Is that the case in the dark pools when you see that is an accumulation of shares? doesn't necessarily have to be dark pools. It could be also the open market is buying as well. So it could be the lit pools, the lit exchanges or not. So yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, anytime you see an accumulation, you don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be the lit exchanges or the, the unlit exchanges like the dark pools. It can be the lit exchanges. Philip Fillmore. I'm a little new to stocks. Not sure what options and calls are. Anyone know where I, Yes, we have on our YouTube channel, Second Skies Trading, we just did three free intro to options videos. So Second Skies Trading, I'll get you the link for that. And you can go straight to our videos on that. Our most three most recent videos are all intro to options. They're all free on that there. Okay, so hopefully I answered your question there, Philip. Um, next one, Chris, how long before an expiry with heavy column volume will stock start a major pullback? Um, well, if you think about theta decay, theta decay, the largest portions of theta decay will happen just before the expiry. If it's a short-term option like June 18th, which is the June monthly option expiry, then you'll probably see two to three days before the theta decay will start getting massive. The, you know, if you got some deep, you know, two month, three month, four months, six month, nine month, theta decay is going to be minimal until that last week, and then it's going to accelerate. So yeah, it just depends upon um, how far the expires, but most theta decay usually happens in the last few days. Um, so hopefully I answer your question. Sean Wilton, where is he getting dark pool information? You can get it from FINRA, but again, they don't really give you ways to aggregate it or digest it. It helps to build algorithms and Excel sheets to analyze that data. Uh, where in this site do they explain call and put strikes? Um, I'm not sure what you mean by that, but um, yeah, we've covered, we have some intro to options videos that can help you with that. Chris is the goat. I appreciate it. Uh, I got a little tillray, but bought most at a bad time, but I'm in a positive, but I'm positive wondering if if to cash out when it's even. Or, it depends on your investing and risk parameters. You know, you anytime you enter a trade, you should have defined risk values right off the bat. It should be like, hey, if my trade theory is correct, the stock should not go below this price. If it goes below this price, my trade theory is incorrect. I need to exit out of the market and then reassess potential locations on that. So that should be done with every single trade. If you haven't violated that or it hasn't invalidated your thesis, then you should stay in the trade. If it's invalidated your thesis, you should be out of the trade, reassess and recalibrate risk is the most important thing that you should be doing beginning traders focus on profit first risk seconds professional traders reverse that equation we focus on risk first and then profit second if you can't control risk it only takes one risk event to blow up your account but if you're controlling risk you're not going to blow up your account and blowing up your account is the it ends the game you have to start over build new capital reload and you're not making money during that time period. Control risk first, very, very important. Um, Is Sundial a good buy? Let's take a look at that. Let me just make sure I got everything right here. Okay, let's take a look at Sundial. All right, so seeing a decent amount of activity on Sundial. Wow, 183 million shares on Sundial, very strong. That's a lot, that is a lot, that's a lot. That's about one-third of today's volume. And its average 10-day volume is 331. That's over 50% of its average 10-day volume per day. That is strong. That is a lot. Okay. So let's take a look at some options activity. Wow. 3.7 million calls, 366,000 puts, 10 to 1 calls to puts. It does have a lot of options rolling off this Friday, around 30%. So that is gonna get monetized. And so probably by Friday, if not today, then probably by Friday, you're gonna see a pullback on that. Where would I want to get long on this? I generally don't trade stocks sub $3, but I think 78 cents isn't bad and $1 is a decent location as well.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently